welcome to Alcoholics Anonymous AA meeting on air. My name is Rachel and I'm an alcoholic. Meeting with the serenity prayer. God, grant the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can. And wisdom to know the difference. Preamble of Alcoholics Anonymous. Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience each other that they may solve their common problem to recover from alcoholism. I meant for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. All fees for AA membership, we are self-supporting through our own contributions. Allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Purpose is to stay sober, alcoholics to achieve sobriety. Meeting this morning, we have members of our fellowship in and they'll be sharing their experience, strength, their journey in recovery from alcoholism. Off we have Jennifer. Like to share. Thank you so much, Rachel, for inviting me in today. My name is Jennifer and I'm an alcoholic. My sobriety date is the 5th of January 2019 and doing the maths, I'll be turning three years in just a couple of weeks' time. I'm a grateful alcoholic because when I first came into these rooms three and a half years ago, I learnt a few things about myself. The very first thing I was told for the very first time was that I was alcoholic. The second was that my dad was actually an alcoholic. And the third was that I grew up in an alcoholic home. So I'll take you back to the early days. So when I was a kid growing up, you know, I never quite fit it. I was always the kid, the square peg in the round hole. We travelled around a lot and that was what I thought it was until I got a little bit older and went off to high school. Life just was hard on lots of different levels. I didn't actually touch a drink until I was 17 years old. It was actually taboo in my household, to be honest. Um, we, um, it was my first weekend of university. And my dad dropped me down and literally within the first hour of arrival at university, I had a, a, a jug of beer in my hand and a glass. And I um, thought the only natural thing to do was to drink it and to drink it as fast as possible. And that started three years of drinking that honestly it's a miracle that I did actually complete university. You know, Friday and Saturday nights became Sunday, Thursday, and then all the other days in between, I'd often miss classes. And to be honest, it really is a blur, but I did get through. Um, my 40 days, I was a chief teacher in Australia, so um, I had a fairly responsible job. So, you know, drinking took a back burner um, to become a responsible member of society. But the weekends is when I drank, and I drank and binge drank in those occasions. My last year in Australia, before I went off overseas, I lived and worked on an Aboriginal community. And now I saw firsthand what alcohol did to communities. It scared the living Jesus out of me, to be honest. It was the living daylight. And um, I ended up working at a bar working hard and saving my money. And um, really, to be honest, I didn't get involved in the drinking on the weekends when there wasn't much else to do. I headed up to London. I was 24 years old. And um, you know, I did six weeks of what Aussies and Kiwis do in London, and that was 
have the time of your life. But really early on, I actually met my current husband, the one, my only. And so all those weekends of drinking quickly turned into highly respectable, you know, nights out and bottles of wine, just, just one between two for an evening. We married and lived overseas as expats for a number of years. The first two in the Middle East, and there was nowhere to hide. I mean, you didn't have kids. There was not much going on. And um, our social life basically revolved around drinking. Um, the weekend, which was Friday and Saturday, really did start and end in the same vein with drinking. Um, I had distinct memories of of going to beautiful gala events and balls, heading out the door at 7 o'clock in the evening and, and sort of falling back in at 3 or 4 in the morning. And um, it would be a sad and sorry sight, to be honest. I wasn't quite Cinderella at the end of those nights. The same with Singapore. Um, again, there wasn't much happening. We worked and we played hard and... To be honest, it was more of the same. I was just that girl who couldn't stop at one drink. Always was organising the second bottle of wine or the third bottle of wine and masterminding occasions when alcohol was the primary focus. When we moved back to New Zealand in 2001, I retrained in event and fundraising. And ironically, part of my job was to look after everyone else who was... Um, thousand people in the room and making sure they all got home safely. So later on I had children, just one one child we had. And um, to be honest, I was pretty bored at home. Sort of when my daughter was three, I distinctly remember getting pretty bored with those night after night of being at home. Not much of a social life per se other than parenting. And that's when I started going for the fridge again and again it was, I was that girl who could never leave um, a bottle empty, you know. I would, you know, I would always um, drain it, to be honest. Um, a lot started to happen for us. Um, I lost my dad, my mum. We couldn't have children, 15 rounds of um, IVF treatment and a fortune that went with it. We lost the home. And a business. Um, my mental health was the first, you know, precursor to it all. I had depression, which was being handled. But one day, on a Monday, driving past a liquor store on the way home from grocery shopping, I, I stopped. And the idea of a bottle of vodka seemed like relief to my life. And that started a really sad and sorry demise for five years. I didn't drink a lot of alcohol. I was able to pretty much function and do what I needed to do. But, I mean, I would get up in the morning and drink and then set an alarm to wake up to be able to be well enough to go. Uh, and collect my daughter at the end of the day. It was a pretty sad time as I look back. So it was, yeah, just over three years ago that my husband looked into my eyes and had lost the woman that he, he felt that he was losing me quick. And he was looking everywhere for a solution. And it was our family GP who helped us. She told me, Jen, I think you're an alcoholic. 
and um, I didn't blink. I was prepared to do whatever it took and I and take that instruction on board. Within the morning, we were at my very first AA at Nathan. It scared the living daylights out of me, to be honest. But we did keep coming back. An old timer suggested another meeting later on that next day. And that's where I've stayed today. It hasn't been the easiest of roads. Um, my mental health was really quite a problem that had to be dealt with. I have been diagnosed with bipolar. And when that diagnosis happened, that cleared the way for me to come into recovery. I did... Um, rehab at the bridge for eight weeks and completed it and did all the things I was told to do. But it was hard. You know, it took me a long time to find the right sponsor to work with, the right groups to connect with, my type five. But today what I've got is, as I said, God willing, nearly three years of recovery. You know, I actually work in this space now and it's um, probably one of the brightest parts of my life to be able to, to work with with people in their early stages of recovery and to share my experience, strength and hope in my journey with them. I get a lot from service. I, gosh, a year and a half ago I found the International Women's Meeting and, and that's been an incredible sense of joy. I host on there a couple of nights a week and co-host and that's working with women across the world as we share the message. And unbelievably, you know, it takes over 120 people a day to keep that going. And, and I'm part of that. So I do service. I've got a sponsee in the US. And um, that's gone really well. And she has her own sponsee. So we must be doing something right. Um, within my home group, I'm the GSR and actively involved in, in the Zoom meetings that we put on for our group. One of the brightest parts of my um, service life is um, I was asked by a, an old timer to go along to drug court, and it was the most uncomfortable proposition to do that, but it was there for a reason. I was really scared of, of some of the clients when I first went into recovery that I was in recovery with. You know, we've all quite different paths in life, and, and I was really uncomfortable. So to go back into drug court was, yeah, stepping out of my comfort zone. But um, I realised that I could actually be of service to that to that group, and so I keep on coming back. Um, so today, you know, thank you so much again for having me. It has been a privilege. Uh, go well, go strong, and. Uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. For Alcoholics Anonymous on 104.6 Planet FM, we have members of our fellowship in this morning and they're sharing their experience, strength and hope, their journey of recovery from alcoholism. This person to share is Susan. Hi, I'm Susan. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a recovering alcoholic. Um, uh, my sobriety date is the 4th of March 2011. And the reason I mention that is because I remember it. I remember my last drink and I remember my first AA meeting. Um, my last drink was um, in the evening about 9 o'clock and I was drinking gin just about straight and I was crying because alcohol had become 
a bit of a curse and I had no, I tried controlled drinking, I tried to stop and I discovered that I was powerless and it was, I couldn't do it. So either I was going to spend the rest of my life miserable and drinking or I would stop. And I only, the only, only way I could see was through a program like AA, which I'd looked into. It's probably quite good that I tried to stop uh, controlled drinking because I couldn't do it. So I convinced myself that it was all or nothing. And um, the next day I went, I was pretty shaky in the sense that I didn't know if I would fit in. Um, I went to a women's meeting and I felt this huge urge to cry because I had struggled with my drinking without talking about it to anyone. And... So it was quite a heavy burden to carry. And if you're alone and you're drinking and you don't think you can stop, well, I can tell you that I have stopped. Um, I've found a way of living without it. But at the time, um, going to AA seemed like my last chance. So I gave it my all. I took it pretty seriously. Um, but going back in time first, uh, I, I had my probably my first drink of alcohol when I was 14 and I didn't really like the taste but I had this in my mind that it was really exciting because I saw my parents having parties and I saw people happy that they were drinking and they would, I thought the drink increased their happiness so I sort of snuck this alcohol with my friends and it, yeah I didn't like the taste but it was a go and then when I was 16, I had some, by accident, had some rum and pineapple and, oh God, I just about fell over there because I didn't have a sense of just sipping a drink. I tended to drink quite quickly. Um, in my 20s, alcohol was not a big thing, but when I look back, the few times I drank, it was quite quick. I was quite a speedy drinker. I liked the excitement. I get excited. I have a drink. I wanted a bit more, and because I wasn't a big person, it kind of had a pretty quick effect, so I was a pretty cheap drunk. Um, when I was 25, I had my first blackout. Now, when I was drinking, I never thought about these things. It's when I stopped that I looked back at how this pattern had developed. So I had my first blackout. I'm so lucky nothing happened to me because it was in Greece. It was on Retzina, and uh, I felt extremely awful the next day but and missed a really important part of the tour I was on because I was feeling very, very sick and we were crossing into Turkey and here am I nursing this mammoth hangover. Um, during the next years I was, I'd drink occasionally and then it became a pattern when I was living alone of a nightly drink, not just one to drink and then go to bed early. Um, so drink became a comforting thing and it filled a void and um, I tended to base it on what I'd seen my parents drink. So I would drink spirits or wine um, or sherry. You know. And it seemed manageable for quite some years, my habit. But in my 40s, I became a heavy drinker nightly and I was working full time and there were, it started to show in my mid-40s that um, 
I was feeling really quite ill. So I'd work. I was young enough, had enough energy still to work with a hangover. But I wasn't giving the job my best. And I thought, well, because I work hard, not just in my job but at home, I'm, and I try to do the right thing, I'm okay. This is just how you live. This is how people live. And I thought other people were probably all drinking each night anyway. So I didn't have a concept of a life without drinking. Um, the years before I came to AA, I started to want to stop. And that, that became a, a desire, but I also couldn't, I just couldn't make it. I just thought, I can't get through a night without alcohol. So I, I, I was really emotionally really dependent and if I had a first drink there's no way I wanted to stop because it was set up a craving um, I didn't have to hide alcohol I had the money to buy it it's easy to buy wine in the supermarket um, I could I think a lot of my friends wouldn't know that I was alcoholic because uh, unless they heard me on the phone late at night but I didn't I kept you know, it was, I kept away from people a bit. Um, by that time, I was married. Um, I and we were, yeah. It was it was pretty easy to keep going, but inside, in my heart, I was not feeling good at all. And um, I I did look at a, a treatment program, but eventually, um, I. I picked up the phone and got a number and looked at online for a meeting with AA and that was a huge step um, because I thought if this doesn't work, I don't know what will. So that was quite scary. Um, but at my first meeting, because I knew about 12-step programs, I was a bit lucky in that sense. I knew what I needed to do was get contacts. And so I got some phone numbers from the woman at the first meeting and I asked one of her to be my temporary sponsor because in AA, we women help women and men help men, and and, and the um, I needed to be able to open up to someone and say, look, this is how bad it is. Um, and when you talk to someone who's also been through it, it's like someone talking to me. They understand. They understand that hopelessness and the powerlessness of drinking and that it's not willpower. It's, it's just, it's too powerful to, to, to change on your own. And um, so it was a huge challenge to begin with. I had the willingness, but I'd had the willingness before and it lasted a day or half a day. So this was a different sort of deal. And so I needed to take that advice of one day at a time, get to meetings, listen to people, I came to believe it's possible because I could see other women who had similar stories who had stopped drinking. And um, that was a huge inspiration to me. I wanted to be like them. And actually at the first meeting I went to was a speak, someone speaking and she looked so healthy. And I was well dressed. I had shower and all that sort of stuff. I was presentable. I felt dirty. I felt unclean. I felt my head was foggy. So when I looked at her with her bright eyes, her smile, and, and her, if you like, pride in herself, 
I thought, oh, God, I just, I really want to get out of this drinking. Um, so I started getting to meetings. It took a lot of guts for me to tell my husband what I was doing because I was trying to be respectable and drink. I was trying to live a normal life and drink, and it wasn't really that normal because when I stopped drinking, I realised how many people don't drink every night or don't go to bed at 9am or 8.30 because they're a bit drunk. In fact, I didn't, never wanted to call myself drunk. I was drunk. I didn't. I drank quite fast. I didn't eat a big meal. I'd lost it by sort of 8 o'clock at night. So that was a strange life. Whereas I must say in sobriety, I'm reading at 11pm sometimes or I'm watching Netflix or I'm, if someone rings me at half past 8 or 9 at night, my voice is clear. I'm not slurring. So it was a bit shameful. Uh, it wasn't the end of the world. We have to get over that thing of whether it's a shame or not and just get onto the choices. And my choice, um, it's been the best choice I've ever made, but I couldn't stay sober on my own. And so apart from the beginning, the drinking, uh, the willingness, I then needed to get to the point where I was going to sustain that willingness to change. And to keep up the hope. So regular meetings, uh, talking to a sponsor who's a mentor, someone who's a, happy to listen on a private basis, either face-to-face -face or on the phone. Um, mixing with sober women. Um, I mean, my old life pretty much tracked along with the friends I had. I didn't go out saying I'm, I'm stopping drinking or anything. It's just something I, I got on with, and it was pretty much below the radar for some time, for some years. I didn't think anyone noticed, but a couple of people have some um, family members uh, must have noticed because there's been change there. And uh, it was also picked up by a few people who said something's different about you. And I didn't explain why, because it wasn't relevant to that relationship, but big difference is inside. I feel light-hearted, I feel clear-headed, I'm still indecisive, but at least I'm not so reactionary and, or reactive. Um, alcohol played havoc with my emotions, so either I was hyper and my expectations were unrealistic, or I could be feeling depressed. So if you are someone who's still drinking, all I can say to you is it's possible to have freedom from alcohol. I don't have a desire to drink. I have, since I came to my first meeting, I haven't picked up. I had a few close, I've had a few times when I, I might have picked up, but the longer I've been sober, the more I want to keep it. And so I have a pretty steady program. Um... I'm not a star. There's just so many of us who've stopped drinking and get on with life. Um, I would like to read a little bit from the book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Has is written by the founders, and it's got um, principles for recovery, which is about dealing with thinking. You know, the thinking that we were drinking is, I, I came from my drinking, as they say, I stayed from my thinking. And then there are these stories of people who recovered in early days, and one of them is by... It's called Too Young, and I'd just like to read the last paragraph because I'm in my 60s now, so my message might seem a bit out of tune with young people, but I can tell you that it's for all ages. And this one is about a young person, 
and I'll just quote now. I started to take AA seriously and AA gave me a new way of life. After a time, my mind began to clear of the fog that had covered it. My memory slowly returned. I felt better mentally and physically. Once I did have a slip, tried drinking again, but the AAs tell me not to worry about yesterday because nobody can change it and not to worry about tomorrow because it hasn't come yet. Live 24 hours at a time, they say, and it works. I'm sober today. Like I said, I am a 24-year-old alcoholic and I'm happy. Well, I'm happy too. Life's not perfect, but boy, what a difference when you don't drink and the self-esteem, the self-respect. And um, it started with one day at a time, don't pick up the first drink. And there's a lot more help in, from it, recovering AAs if you want it. Um, and you can go online, etc. So I hope, if you were like me and you're listening to this, I hope that you will find the right people in AA and, and find recovery. Thank you, Susan. That brings us to the end of our meeting. Listening and identified with our speakers and you'd like to do something about your drinking, you can log on to aa.org.nz where you'll find details of all meetings in the Greater Auckland area and right throughout the country. Also phone 0800 AA Works and this will put you in contact with an AA member in your local area. Back here next Sunday at 10.45 on 104.6 Planet FM with Alcoholics Anonymous AA Meeting on Air. Those are meeting with the serenity prayer. God, grant the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference.